0: The kingdom of heaven as a kingdom king. How many of you believe that? We've been singing this morning. But it's not what we're singing, it's who we're singing to. And what we're singing about. Heaven has or should I should say heaven is a kingdom. And heaven has a kingdom king. And the more we press in as a church, the more we worship, the more we dedicate and do things like this. It's our way of expressing the kingdom on the earth. So as more and more people come into, into the church, they see that there's a church that are really pushing in to the things of God. They're going beyond. We're not just singing all things bright and beautiful. We're not just singing about God. We're demonstrating God. Amen? Are you awake this morning, church? Yes. I hope so, because we, God's given me some things to do this morning. So I need your attention, okay? Last week, last week we clearly began outlining that the kingdom or said the kingdom of heaven is a kingdom and it has a king. And we read from uh, Isaiah chapter 9. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Well, that's quite appropriate this morning. Because unto them a child was born. And then at some point the son was given. Was it not? So when it was born, they didn't know it was born. But there came a period of time. The son was given to them. And that was the miracle that the son was given. Amen. It's their miracle. And the government will be upon his shoulders. I declare that over young Lincoln, that the kingdom of God and the kingdom king, the government of his kingdom will be upon the little one's shoulders. And he'll be called Wonderful Counselor. Now, we're not talking about the little one no more. We're talking about the big one. He'll be called Wonderful Counselor. It's important we break with the analogy of of Lincoln for a period of time. Is that okay? So we keep the focus of Jesus Christ. And he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there'll be no end. He'll reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness From that time on and forever, and the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish it. In other words, God is so pumped about his own word, that God's going to engineer it. God's going to engineer it. And God's always, when he spoke this word, he always intended that his son would come forth. When God intends something to happen, it happens. No man can stop it, irrespective of what they think, irrespective of how much strength you think you have, you cannot hold back God from working. It's impossible. God cannot stop man. Just should say, man cannot stop God. <laughs> Get that in the right perspective, obviously. So he's called Wonderful Counselor. What does that mean? He counsels nations in truth and righteousness. And if God can counsel nations in truth and righteousness, he can counsel you and I. He counsels us in truth and he counsels us in righteousness. He said he'll be called mighty God. In other words, he's unrivaled and he's unequaled. He's the mighty God. How many gods are there in the world? Well, every faith claims they have a God, but there's only one God. And our God is mighty. Our God is unrivaled and he's unequaled. No one can do what our God does. No one. And people say, well... Other people, other faiths, they see miracles and healings. Yeah, but they didn't do it by the same source. And even when Moses went before Pharaoh, the magicians did magic. But then there came a point when the magicians couldn't do what God was doing. He said, I'm just letting you, I'm playing, I'm showing you that you think you can do what I do. But there's going to come a point when your snakes will die, your magicians will die, but I'll still be alive. And I'll part the sea and I'll cause your army to die in the middle of the Red Sea. You can't do that. You can't do that. So God was showing that he's unrivaled and is unequaled. That's why you need the kingdom of heaven in your life. You need a God that is unrivaled, unequaled. So when you stand and declare things, you know that heaven's behind you. doesn't matter what somebody says. You know that your God can do all that He said He can do. Thank God for that. He says He'll be called the Everlasting Father. In other words, no one's going to take His place. No one is going to take His place. Isn't that good? No one can take His place. He is the Prince of Peace. That's a wonderful thing. He's the one that says, Come unto me and I'll give you rest. Now, maybe some, some here this morning need to hear that word. Come unto me and I will give you rest. Because the way that you've been going, the things that you've been doing, the way you've been living has just brought strife and contention in your heart. And it's brought confusion. But he says, if you come unto me, I will give you peace. Now, only God can give you peace. It's amazing. In the midst of a trial, in the midst of disaster, you can feel so peaceful. Which is a very, very unique thing. To feel peace in the midst. When Jesus was in the boat sleeping and the disciples were all fretting because the storm was raising who was the one in peace? So the one who has peace can give peace. The ones who didn't have peace couldn't give peace. The ones who were never let a man who's anxious pray for you. Seriously. Never let a man who's anxious pray over you. But let a man of peace. In fact, the Bible says when you go to someone's house, if it's a house of peace, stay there. If it's not a house of peace, get out of there. Why? Because you don't want contention and anxiety coming upon you. But peace, only Jesus can give us the peace. Amen. Come unto me and I'll give you rest. For my burden is light and my yoke is... Wow. And on the increase of his government and peace, there'll be no end. Wow. Wow. His government has no boundaries. It has no boundaries. But it has a lot of resistance. Have you noticed that? His kingdom has no boundaries, but it has a lot of resistance. Where's the number one area of resistance? Your heart. The human heart resists God more than anything else. Politics resists God. There are nations around the world who have said we will not have Christianity as our faith. And then we've got a nation that says it's Christian, but does not adopt Christian principles. Does not what? The very nation that says we're Christian now doesn't want morning assembly. Now we've got to have Allah, Buddha, Jesus. Now we've got to have four different prayers in the morning. No, just say, if you're a Christian nation, just stay that way. But now we've got, now we've become so secularised that there's no standard. It is. It's 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 worse than compromise. It's abandonment. It's abandoned the principles. Business, businesses, reject Christianity because they think the church is after the money. God's got all. God's got more wealth than any business could accumulate. God's got more money than Bill Gates. You know, God could, you know, Bill Gates can lose all his money in one investment. Now, I'm sure he will not be that stupid enough to put all his money in one investment. But, listen, when God's against you, it doesn't matter how wise you are. The wisdom of man is still futile towards God. But that's a science. Science resists God. Science. How we will allow abortions. How... We would allow experimentation. Man will do whatever it takes to, to prolong his life. And, it, and even if it means taking someone else's life. Because it's now considered well, for the good of mankind, some may have to pay a price so that millions may benefit. I'm sorry, there is a line, there has to be a conscience. There has to be a moral conscience, an ethical conscience of the kingdom of God. If God is involved in science, science will kill us all. Do you know that? Science rejects and resists. Technology does. Technology wants, to be, wants you to become so self-reliant upon technology that you don't need anything else. Only the engineer who comes and fix it. Yeah? Yeah? The family resists God. Why does the family resist God? Well, you know, Pastor, on a Sunday, we just need to be with our family. We work all week and we just need some quality time. We need to be with God. We need to be at home without God. God understands. God understands we need a family. Of course God understands you need a family. God never, ever said you don't need a family. But you get seven days a week and you can't give him some time. And when your family goes wrong... Who would you turn to? The very one that you pushed out. If more families had God in the centre, our nation would be a lot more healthier. Because families don't understand this key issue, the nation goes to rack and ruin. This is why we must keep on speaking about marriage. This is why we must keep speaking about how to raise a family. We must keep help, helping the family because without a family, you know, health in a family, our nation goes down. Most of the money spent by our government is on the family, some level of a family declining. Yes. So when God speaks and his kingdom, when God speaks from his kingdom, God is never ever going to allow that word to fall to the ground. He says, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return empty, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. God's word never falls to the ground. Now, this is an amazing thing here. To think that as I'm speaking now, as I stop, sound has left the building. But did you see it on the floor? Do you want to look under your seat to see if it's under there? No, but they tell me sound keeps on traveling. Sound keeps traveling and it goes around the universe. It travels and travels and travels. I don't understand how that happens because I'm not a scientist, but so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return empty. So God knows there is a dimension, a dynamic that when he speaks, it's still working even though it's gone past the one it was meant for. Only God can do that. So what happens is, the word might go past Chris's ears. Six months later, the word comes back round and hits him again. And the Bible says, and the word of the Lord came again. So what did it do when it left his ears? It carried on travel, traveling around, 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 And then it waited for the time and season where Chris was open to receive it. And then it comes to him again. And this time he goes, you know what? God spoke that to me only six months ago. And that's the mercies of God to let the same word come back again. Only God can do that. Wow. And many of us have received that kind of experience. Have we not? The kingdom, and the reason why does it do that is because the Bible says the kingdom advances. It's never stood still. Just because it bypassed you and went past you, doesn't mean to say that the kingdom is not advancing. It's still moving. And God will wait for time and generation to come, and that word will come to another generation. Why? Because God's word will be fulfilled. He's not a God who idly uses words and throws them to one side. He's a God that when he speaks, he knows exactly what he's saying and who he's intending to say it to. The word of the Lord doesn't come to fill when it was meant for Chris. He knows, he's a great postman. He knows how to deliver the word. He doesn't say, I've left it at number 28. You know, this week I was waiting for a book to come. And I got a, a thing through the door from Amazon saying, is that number 30? Here's the irony. I'm searching all around the flats to find out where number 30 is. Someone said, there is no number 30. Guess where they delivered it? Next door to my house. But they told me it was on this street. And I wouldn't have known until the neighbor says, is your parcel? I'm thinking, it's better to be in Dronston. So I got my parcel, but God doesn't deliver the word like that. He knows how to get the parcel to you. But what, you know, when, when God delivers a parcel, he knows whether you've got, you've got a heart that says, same day delivery, next day delivery, or next year, or next 10 years. He knows when the delivery date is. And he knows how to engineer time and season so when you're in the right place at the right time, the word comes again. It's amazing how God does that. Do you all believe that? You sure? I'm not sure you're sure. So the human heart is where the most resistance is met. Because behind every behind science, behind technology, behind business is still a heart. It's still a human heart, it's still a human being. So the kingdom of God is likened to many things, but one of them is it's likened to water. Now, if we live in Manchester, you know that we get a lot of water, but we're not the worst in the country for water. But we have supply of water. Our water is clean. Our water is nutritious. It's healthy. It's not like many nations around the world that cannot, you know, do not have what we have. At least when you cook and you clean, I should say, you know, when you, it doesn't impair the taste. You go to certain parts of England and you see the water, you can tell your tea starts tasting different. Your food tastes a little bit different because the water's not as clean. So I think Manchester's righteous. It's pure and holy. We're nearer to heaven than those down south because you're going up. Zion's in the north. Read your Bible. Revelation chapter 22, verse one. The angel showed me the river of water of life. The angel showed me the river of the water of life. So heaven is showing what the kingdom of heaven is like to the prophet or the disciple. This is what he says. He said the angel would me the river of the water of life. So it's a river of the water of life. It's not waters. It's the water singular. As clear as crystal. So it's not muddy. It's not contaminated. It's clear. Okay, God does not want us to be contaminated. He does not want us to become confused, but it's clear. Flowing from the throne of God. Where's it flowing from? Heaven, from the throne of God. It's clear, it's crystal, and it's flowing. Okay, and the lamb, and of the lamb, in the middle of the great street of the city so the angel of the lord showed me the river the water of life as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of god and of the lamb down the middle of the great street of the city on each side of the river stood a tree of life bearing twelve crops of fruit yielding its fruit every month so something is is happening as a result of this river something is happening as a result of this kingdom yes And the leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nations. Everybody see that? It's difficult trying to get so much on one slide, but there you go. That's why you've got to bring your own Bible. Bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and the Lamb of God will be in the city and his servants will serve him. So now the kingdom of heaven is now on the earth. It's manifesting on the earth. Amen. It's ruling and reigning on the earth. And they will see his face. And his name will be upon their foreheads. And they will, there will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the, lamp of the, of the light of the sun. For the Lord God will give them light. And he will reign forever and ever. And the angel said to me, and I'm saying to you, these words are trustworthy and true. Yeah. The Lord, the God of the spirit of the prophets sent his angel to show his servant the things that must soon take place. Heaven is intending to hit the earth at such a velocity. This is talking about the future that the whole earth, there's going to be a time when they don't need the electric. Why? Because the glory of the Lord will light the place up. Amen? Such is the impact of the kingdom king on the earth, that it will arrest the whole world. Muslim, Buddhist, Hindu, Shintoism, Jewish, whatever you want, whatever the faith is on the earth... This light will overshadow all lights. This is the kingdom king. This is his government still increasing. Now this may happen long after you've died and gone to heaven. But it's going to happen. It may happen in your lifetime. So the issue is, from the word, from the, from the first scripture in Genesis in the beginning, to the last word in Revelation, the kingdom of God is advancing all the time. And even when... We all die and heaven and earth passes away. The kingdom will still advance. Why? Because the kingdom's in Christ. And we're in Christ. Amen? So it's, an, it's a, a powerful thing to understand the kingdom of God in your life. And we see here that, there's a, that the key aspect is it's the river of the water of life. It's the river of the water of life. The kingdom of heaven releases its rivers. It's one water, but it it releases it in many dimensions. Amen? And it's the waters of life. It's not just the waters of refreshing. It's not just the waters of cleansing. It's not just the waters for bathing. It's not the waters for drinking or for cooking. It's the waters of life. So whoever touches this water receives life. Life. You need to understand the nature of the water from the kingdom. It's the water of life. Some people just want to sip and then go back to contaminated sources. But he says, keep on drinking from the water of life and life keeps on coming into you. But so many people drink from so many different sources. They are contaminated. And they think they can get those sachets that can just make it pure. You can't, not in the kingdom. Why? Because there is no magic formula. There is only a source. Source being the, the, the originator, the author, the creator of the water. Amen? It's amazing that when, when God created the heavens, he created water. Yeah, before any of that was there, he just spoke water came to being. He can speak water and he spoke volumes of the stuff, volumes of the stuff, so much so that he flooded the earth with it. So the waters even went as high as Everest. Wow, that's a lot of water. It came down. It came from within. God has no problem creating water. And you know, water still does lead to life. You know that, don't you? All of us today will have water. We might have it in a coffee. We might have it in a cup of tea. We might even have it in a glass of wine. We might even have it in beer. We might have it in cordial. But we'll all be drinking water of some kind. Some of you might have a can of Coke. It's water and a lot of other bad stuff. But it's still... (laughs) It's still contaminated without a doubt. So on each side of the river stands a tree of life. Now, if you look to my left, you'll see the tree of life as we've seen it in our hearts. We've captured it in our hearts. We have put it as a symbol on our wall. Why? Because we, as God showed us what's going to happen with Side prophetically We have put the imagery on the wall so it reminds us, so we can keep praying into it, that God is going to bring a youth revolution within the young people within Tameside. We saw many years ago that the the government, I should say local council and different agencies tried to work with young people and because they were stubborn and, and rebellious and because of the situation with families, they couldn't do with them what they wanted to do. And they put a lot of money into it, young kids, but the kids never, never yielded their initiatives, never yielded the fruit that they expected. So they almost wrote them off and said they're a useless generation. And God said to us, no, speak to the tree. And he showed us this picture in Tameside, this tree that had been withered and been beaten. And it had been beaten and beaten. Why? Because people had, had abused it and verbalized this tree, saying it was no good. Same side. And then one night in our prayer night, God began to speak to us. He said, go and restore the tree. Well, how do you restore a tree? As we heard from pre- uh, Hannah this morning, through a worship, she prayed and she prayed. And God says, we don't just want you to pray. We want you to speak tenderly yeah. to the tree. I want you to restore it. And we've been praying for two or three years. And then this year, God spoke to me and said, now command the tree to drink from the water of life. So now when I met the Lord Mayor the other week with Jenny and a few others and Phil, what was the first thing I said to the, to the Lord Mayor? Get ready for a youth revolution. Yeah. What do you mean a youth revolution? It's got to be a youth revolution. Now I couldn't explain everything because time didn't give me that opportunity. But... I told him what I could tell him and we even got to pray for him at the end of the night or the end of the day, I should say. So there was some measure of impartation came across. Now, God, I don't know if God was using that situation to see if I'd be obedient. And all the time I'm looking, when can I give it him? When can I give it him? Lord, engineer, trip him up, do something. I'll pick him up and speak to him, prophesy. <laughs> I'm looking for an opportunity to speak to this guy. But God gave me my opportunity, but it was only a small window. But at least something went in. Amen? Because I believe this tree is going to turn around. And guess what? No one's talking about this tree, but we are. So when it happens, we're not going to stand up and say, see, we told you so. We're just going to rejoice and say, thank God. If we hadn't have spoke, nothing would have happened. Now, when that tree begins to turn around, Lincoln is the generation it's also going to affect. That's why he's going to become Mr. Popular. You like that, don't you? some websites are not kind are they Phil we looked at some websites and we thought that's rubbish but Mr. Popular is an old English Saxon name British aristocracy so it yields its fruit every month these words are trustworthy and true it says how many of you believe these words are trustworthy and true so Let me give you another scripture. I didn't put, let me just, before I give you this one, let me read this out. 2 Chronicles 16, nine says, for the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth. What are they looking to do, these eyes? To strengthen those whose hearts are committed to him. You haven't got that up there. I'm just giving you that. So God is looking across the earth to see those who are committed. You get this church? He's looking to see why, because he needs people who will carry water of life. He's looking. Now, what you don't know, and this is where it gets a bit dangerous now, so hold on, fasten your seatbelts. If the nature of the prophetic, if the prophetic word is not spoken, God finds it difficult to move. So the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth, looking for people who become a voice, and that voice is living water. Okay, the voice is like living water. So those who hear the voice drink the water. Does that make sense? So the voice and water go together. So as you hear these words you, and you take hold of them, you're drinking the water. And as you take it into your heart, it becomes life to those who receive it. Does that make sense? So we've got to have life in you and me. We're going to be people who will speak, then we need to carry life, not information. So many people carry knowledge and information, but have no life behind it. Nothing wrong with knowledge and information, providing it carries life. Yes, life must, is, life is everything. Because with knowledge and information, when, it's, when it carries life, it invigorates those, it hits. yes. Rather than just store up more memory, or use more memory, I should say, it brings life to those. That's why he said, my words are life and health to all those who find them, said Jesus. So, it has to be spoken out by the Holy Spirit. The entire Bible is filled with men speaking out declarations. Yeah? An intent of heaven. So much so that when he speaks out, signs and wonders follow. Yeah? When people ignore these declarations, they try to do it. Now, here's the key. When they ignore it, they try to ignore it by their own opinions. Their opinion, well, I don't see that. I I don't believe in that. So what they do is they come above and they look down on the word and they try to trample it. Yes? Thinking that in their humanity, they have power over that word. But they don't. They don't. Why? Because that word is much more powerful than them. Like, what did we say before? You can't stop something that God has spoken coming forth. You can't. It's impossible. They tried with Jesus Christ. Did they stop him? No. So if they're not going to stop, if they couldn't stop the, the Jesus Christ from being crucified, how much more are they not going to stop the rest of the plan and purposes of God? And the Bible tells us, if they had known, if they'd have only known They would not have crucified him. Why? Because by crucifying him, it caused them more problems. It fulfilled prophecy. It condemned them. So you can't stop coming forth what God has spoken. All you can do is remove yourself from being an active player. That's all that will change is that God can't use you. But the word will still come forth. That's the nature of God's word. It's not limited by human vessels. He'll find another one. So then when you look at Ezekiel, these two scriptures, he says, and he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign law says to these bones. I'll make breath into you and you will come to life. There's that water again. reaching. His bones, you can't get any more drier than bones. Them bones, them bones, them dry bones. Remember that song? So you can't get any more drier than bones. But what did he say? Prophesy. What's prophesy? Speak. Speak the kingdom of heaven. Speak the will. Speak the intent of the kingdom of heaven. And then he says in, so I prophesied. So now here's the response from the prophet. God says, do it. Now he says, okay. So now I'll listen and I will prophesy. Watch this, because where we're going, I'm coming to your house in a minute. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together bone to bone. Wow. Wow. So he says to me, and now I take the word, and now I say to the, to the bones that he told me to prophesy to. Everybody with me? And as I begin to speak, as you begin to speak, something distinctly happens. So would you agree that something supernatural happens when a prophetic declaration is made? Are you sure? Are you absolutely sure? All about this side? Tell them lot. They said yes, no. Are you absolutely sure? I'm not quite sure because I'm I'm setting you up here. You know that, don't you? Is this side sure? You at the back? You at the back? You at the front? Well, as I was praying this week, which is my custom and my joy and my privilege to do, but not my duty. Prayer should never be a duty. It should always be a joy. So you've got to find ways to keep your prayer life a joy. Because when it becomes a duty, it becomes dry. And then it's dry bones, prophesying to dry bones. But as I was praying this week, I think it was on Tuesday. I pray for various people throughout the week, as I normally do. At any given time as I go into my prayer closet, Anything can come into my heart and anything can come into my mind, like you. But on this particular Tuesday, God began to put key people. When I say key, because you were in my mind. Yes? By not mentioning you right now doesn't mean to say you're not key. Okay? So They say, he didn't mention me. God doesn't love me. No, he's not saying that. People came into my mind. Do people come into your mind? Right. So does that mean everybody else who doesn't come into your mind is not loved? Right, okay, so we've sorted that problem out. So those people who come into my mind, I began to say, Okay, Lord, what, what you, why are these people? Get out of my mind. What are you in my mind for? Get out. And God says, I want you to do something this week with these people. So I went, Okay. So then God began to show me the people, and I'm going to call those people out now, and I'm going to show you what God wants to do with you. Now, Alvin and Jean. You're a couple that God put into my heart, Linda. Linda Power, where is she? Is she here? Linda. Halvin and Jane, if you'd like to just come out, don't worry, you're not going to get smacked. And I was, like, John, John's not here this morning. No. John was one of them. God put four people in my heart. And, then, and God, don't worry, you're not in trouble. The same person that sat at the side of the other day is not turning against you, don't worry. But I do. I have to do this prophetic activation. Just stand there. Just stand there. You're okay. Now, we've just said that when God tells you to do something, you have to do something. Right. Now, this is what God told me to do. So, Phil, if you just... Do you like honey? Right. Okay. It's good. Do you like honey, Linda? Good. See, God knew that. That's why he asked me to do this. So, Phil, can you get the honey and some spoons? God says, give him a spoonful of honey. Wait, 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 wait yeah, no, I didn't want it to go in the air like that, <laughs> So put a teaspoonful of honey back on the teaspoon. I hate honey. The only honey I like is the one I married. That's the only honey the only I like. Now, Alvin's just uh, t- stolen a little bit of thunder, but only a little bit. And the Lord says this to me, tell him to, t- to taste it, put it in your mouth and-, and taste and see the Bible, Psalm 34, verse eight. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Lions may grow weak and hungry. But those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. And then he says in Ezekiel chapter three, verse one. And he said to me, son of man, eat what is before you. Eat this scroll, then speak to the house of Israel. So I open my mouth. And that's the part now where you've got to open your mouth. As I'm speaking to the house of Israel, that's you. Open your mouth and take the honey. And he gave them a scroll to eat. And then he said to them, son of man, eat this scroll I am giving you and fill your stomach with it. So I ate it and I tasted and it tasted sweet as honey. But what is the honey symbolizing to you th- three studied this morning? The Lord's giving you a fr- God's giving you a fresh portion of knowledge, wisdom and understanding. So that as you begin to take this word, that's exactly what's coming to your heart. Knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. And you're going to see God in a light in a way that you've never seen him before. Okay? So from this day on, as we've done a prophetic symbol, expect knowledge, wisdom, and understanding to come to you in a level that you have never received God before. Now this scroll is going to do something to you. As it opens up, it's going to change so many things. Because you're going to see things that you never saw, which will make you move that way. You're going to understand God more in such a way that you'll never stop talking about him. Yeah. So this is a good thing that God wants to give you today. And all you have to do is just open your mouth and take honey. But he's going to give you from this day. I declare over your lives that the Lord wants you to taste and see and know that the Lord is good. Amen. So give him glory. Give Phil a spoon. I don't want a spoon. (laughs) You're going to go deeper and deeper into him. Things you've struggled with are suddenly coming to an end. You hear me? Things that you've struggled with internally are going to come to an end. This is what I really felt God was saying to me. It's not been easy for you. But God says it's going to get easier for you because as more knowledge, wisdom and understanding comes, he's giving you the insights how to overcome some of the internal struggles. And all you had to do was swallow honey. I had to go and buy it. Provide the spoons. Be bold enough to call you out. And it's just a, what's the word I'm looking for? Risk. That's the word risk. No, I don't want approval. I'll do it, I'd do it even if you didn't like me. Because I know this is what God's saying. Why? Because God wants a prophetic voice on the earth. Are you sure? So here's a scripture for you both. Deuteronomy. I declare this to you, three I should say, not both. Now what I'm commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. It's not up in heaven. There's a surprise. Why? Because the kingdom of heaven is manifesting on the earth. Yes? So that you have to ask, who will go into heaven? Well, your pastor went into heaven and got it for you. So now it's in you, so you can enjoy some fresh revelation in the heavens. Listen to what he says. Who will ascend into the heaven and get it and proclaim it to us that we may obey? Nor is it beyond the sea so that you have to ask. So you're not going on holiday looking for it. Who will cross the sea to get it and proclaim it to us so that we may obey it? No, 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 no. He said the word is very near. Well, how near is very near? It's in your mouth. And it's in your heart so that you may obey obey it God's made sure that this word is right inside you so you don't have to get a plane you don't have to cross he's made it plain it's not up in heaven no more he's now put it inside your heart okay so from this day on that's what you expect when you open that bible say Lord as the man prophesied over me on Sunday give me my portion for today then you have to be bold enough to start obeying it okay I've oh got a smile honest But then the scripture says in Isaiah, I have another prophetic activation. Do we still believe when God speaks, it can happen? Are you sure? Those three came out believing their portion. And I trust that by doing that, you'll get your portion. Okay. I also have another portion to give out. John chapter four, sorry, Isaiah chapter 29. He said, be stunned and amazed. Blind yourselves and be sightless. Be drunk, but not from wine. Stagger, but not from beer. The Lord has brought you, the Lord has brought over you a deep sleep. He has sealed your eyes. He has covered your heads. For you, this whole vision is nothing but words sealed in a scroll. And if you give the scroll to someone who can read and say to them, read this, please, he will answer, I can't, it's sealed. Or if you give the scroll to someone who cannot read it and say, read this, please, he will answer, I don't know how to read. So there God is trying to reveal something, but there is not anyone who can reveal it to you. Does this make sense? See, I could reveal what God was saying to me to Alvin and Jean and Linda and John, had he been here this morning. To four people, that's what God showed me. So God has given me understanding to reveal to them the dream of the king. True? So he didn't put a picture on the wall and say, all in try and interpret it and we all have our own version. No, he gave me understanding so I could help them. Because without, if i had just said to him, open your mouth and put some honey. That's just a man opening his mouth, giving him some honey. But there is a prophetic symbolization going behind that, that God's going to do something by them obeying. Yeah. By them willing to come out and take it, and by them continually willing to take what God is doing, God will take him to another level. Okay? Now, that doesn't mean to say they're not, you're, not, you're at a higher level than them. No. That was God just speaking to them. Don't compare Anything. That was four people who God wanted to speak to. But there's another couple. Greta, what's your dad called? David, yeah. the Lord gave me a word for you this week. You and your wife. What's your mom called? Gloria. Oh, that's a beautiful name, Gloria. We sang your song, didn't we? You are glorious. And The Lord's given me a word for the pair of you. So if you'd allow me just to, just to say it to you. This week, I decided that I would pray for you both. I don't know you from Adam. And you don't know me. I know you've been to the church before at Christmas time and you've seen me, but we, we've not talked. I don't know anything about you. And I didn't ask your daughter because that's not fair. God has something to say to you. If he says it to me, he says it to me. If Greta tells me something, then God didn't give it me, did he? Greta gave it me. So I'm saying, Lord, give me a word for David and Gloria. And and God gave me John chapter four, verse seven, and I'll put it up on the screen for you. When the Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan. So let's just put that in 21st century. I can be the Jew, you could be the Samaritan. We come from two different worlds. Okay? You from, where are you from? Dross- uh, Glossop? Right, I'm, I'm from Openshaw. So I'm, a, you're a, you come from Taveside, is it? Cheshire? Derbyshire, sorry. So you're a Derbyite, I'm a Mancunianite. So we come from two different worlds in that sense. And then there comes a day when the two collide together. Yes? But look what's on offer here. Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Darbyites don't associate with Mancuninites. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would ask him and he would give you living water. God wants to give you living water. You've tasted waters in the past. You've drank from different wells. You've tasted and irrespective of what your forefathers taught you, God says, there's a fresh measure that he'll give to you. If you'd only ask him for a fresh drink, the waters that you've tasted and the waters that he's offering today are completely different. It's a new day to ask him for a new drink of water. Now, I'm not going to tell you what that means. That's up to you. You you ask God. I'm just delivering. I'm the postman, okay? But the Lord's saying, lift your head up higher. There's a fresh drink for you from heaven. He's willing to give you a fresh drink, irrespective of what you know, what you were taught, where you've come from. God's saying there's a fresh drink of water being offered to you from heaven. He wants you to know that he knows you both. Heaven put you in my heart this week. Heaven did. So when heaven puts you in a man's heart, it's because heaven, you're in heaven's heart. Okay. And God's saying he's willing in your old age to give you a fresh drink of water that will do something beautiful for your lives. Amen. And this is the other scripture he gave to me. Now unto him who is able to establish you by my gospel and the proclamation of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that has been hidden for ages past. The law says it's no longer going to be hidden. He wants to reveal it to you. There's a gospel that's been concealed. But there is a dimension that God wants to reveal to you. So there's things that you've known, but they were from the past. And now God wants to reveal to you a fresh word in the future. It's not over. God says, the fact that you're both alive and on the earth, I still have a plan and a purpose for your life. Amen. If you'll take a fresh drink this morning, a fresh look at me, and listen to the word that's coming from heaven, God says he's going to do something with your life. Amen? And this is the the last, the back part of that verse. From Romans, he said, but now God has revealed it and made it known through the prophetic writings. By the command of the eternal God, so that all nations might believe and obey him. The only wise God and be glory. There's Gloria. Forever and ever through Christ Jesus. There's something that God wants to reveal to you that you've never seen before. Yes, we've read the Bible many, many times. But then there comes a day when God opens our eyes and he takes us a level we've never seen before. And that's the fresh drink. He said, if you call out to me, I'll give it to you. Amen. All we're doing is speaking God's word here. Amen. The kingdom is likened to water. Drink, taste, see. As you drink, you taste. And as you taste, you begin to see. So it's not only knowing that the Lord is good, but there is a process you have to taste and then see. And then you understand that the Lord is good. His word is not for harm, it's for good. His his word is for maturity. His word is for growth. God is not coming to slander us. God is coming to help us. And Jill, take that word, though he wasn't here for that. Tell him what God was giving him this morning. Because he's still intended. Now, I still need to put the honey in his mouth. Okay? Don't think because he's not here, he's gone. It hasn't. It doesn't work like that. When, if God put him in my heart, he's still there. He's still in heaven's heart. Okay? God always knew who would be here today. But God's word is still merciful to us. So the nature of the waters breaking up around us are forgiving waters. God's willing to forgive us and cleanse us in his waters. Amen. How many of you know, we we began to speak, I think it was two years ago now, maybe a bit longer, that God spoke to me about me becoming a harbour master. And the first thing he said was, flood the harbour. And as you flood the harbour with the word, the prophetic word, all the boats begin to rise. And that's never changed. That's still part of my calling. And anyone in this house who speaks, you have to keep the water level at its optimum. Keep all the boats. Now, we're not talking about servicing the boats. You do that through prayer and your own walk. My job is to flood, create the water, speak the word. And the water, I don't know if you noticed, but water always finds its own level. Amen. So you might be shallow, where others, you may be buoyant. The waters are kind and gracious. Come in, Paul. It's okay. It's all right. We're finishing. Two minutes. We're on, our, we're on the runway now. The waters are covenantal blessing. The waters are peaceful. The waters are transforming. How many of you know that? These waters are empowering. These waters are Governmental. These waters are healing. This is why we must have the water from the kingdom. We must have the water. You can't just have the kingdom without the water. You've got to taste and see. Something has to enter in so that something can come out. Amen? Now, brothers, I know that you have acted in ignorance, said Paul, in Acts, as did your leaders, but... This is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Christ would suffer. Repent and then turn for God so that your sins may be wiped out and a time of refreshing come from the Lord. Repentance is refreshing. Repentance is refreshing. So when you repent and acknowledge God's ways are better than yours, refreshing, what's that refreshing? The waters of the kingdom come upon you and what happens is the more you open the more you keep a life of repentance the more the water can come in and take you up to another level amen let's stand to our feet if we will now I'm a bit I'm a little bit parched now so I'm going to take a glass of water or a bottle of water and it's cool listen to it watch what it does that's the kingdom open your mouth let it come in let it hit all the parts of you amen and it refreshes you and then you have a smile on your face some of you all you need is some water Amen. So Father, this day, we thank you that your word to us has been life. It's been water. The kingdom is a water of life. Thank you, Father. We seal the prophetic words that has been spoken this morning over Lincoln, over Alvin, Jean, John, and um, Linda, and over David and Gloria. Father, we seal that word. Let the kingdom manifest this week. Let it manifest in their lives this week. Let the goodness of God be seen. For taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. So in Jesus' name, we bless you. Let the Son of God enfold you. Let his righteousness be bestowed upon you, make his face shine upon you, and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Amen.